Amen. Go ahead. Let's have a seat. Uh, let's give out of how God has given to us. Uh, if you're here for the first, second, or third time, you should have been handed uh, a connection card inside of some other stuff uh, as you walked in. It actually says, get connected on the top, if you could fill that out. And then as soon as you get outside, uh, drop that off at our info table. We got a gift for you. Uh, you matter to us, and you made this place matter to you. And so we want to say thank you so much. Uh, as you head out, like as soon as you get to the circle entryway area, you're going to see a bunch of books that look like this, except for your name isn't on it. Uh, my name is. But I want you to pick up one of these as you walk out. Uh, it's a 20-day like jumper cables for your prayer life book. Uh, you read like two pages a day and then pray for the stuff that they tell you. Uh, and it's really good. I test drove it back in November. I encourage you to grab one of these uh, and pray through it as we go through uh, the 21 days of prayer and fasting that Pastor Greg talked about on news. Uh, this is something that we're doing with other churches in the city. Uh, and this is like a companion for that to get us thinking about prayer and get us actively praying instead of uh, just, just talking about it, but giving us tools to actually involve and, and dive in on that. So you can pick up one of those. Uh, we had people by the doors and very aggressive welcome team today uh, because you all should have gotten an envelope with the church name on it uh, and a half sheet of paper that looks like this. Uh, these are what we're going to go through for the rest of the day. These are a bunch of goals that we've got for the year. And how the service is going to end is we've got two wood boxing up here. Uh, and at the end, I'll give you a few minutes to fill it out. You write in the stuff that you want to see God do in you or around you this year. And then you put it in the envelope. Uh, which was a lot easier before service. And, and if you seal it, then sometime between now or multiple times between now and July 1st, I'm going to take your envelope and I'm going to pray for you. Just generally you. I'll make guesses about what you should have been asking God for, uh, but I'll just generally pray for you. If you seal it, uh, that's what we'll do. And then July 1st, uh, we're going to stamp these and mail these back to you. And so you're going to get a reminder halfway through the year, man, these are the things that you're going for. These are the victories you want to see God win in your life. And some of them, you're going to be like, man, I'm so far ahead of where I was on January 5th. And some of you are going to read it and you're like, all right, take two, let's go. Uh, and both of those are okay. If you don't seal it, what we're going to do is we're going to take the envelope and then me and the pastoral team, uh, we'll open it up and say, okay, how can we pray for this person? What are the battles that they're going to want to see Jesus win over the year? We're not going to post anything. I'm not going to call you and say, hey, by the way, how's it going with that 45 pounds? We should meet for donuts about this. Uh, <laughs> because all my jokes have to do with donuts. It's fun, just like donuts. Uh, we're not going to do that, but we want to pray for you to see God win victories in your life in that the boxing are right up here. Uh, you can take it, you can fill it out and all that stuff, and then you can drop it. And in the meantime, we're going to go through all of this stuff, uh, and we're doing it looking at a day in the life of Jesus. So if you've got your Bibles, we're in Luke 8, uh, chapter, or Luke 8, verse 22. Uh, and there's a series of really quick bam, bam, bam stories in this where Jesus interacts in people's lives in a way that completely changes everything for them. And it's good for us to look at this at this point of the year because this is the type of thing that that sets the tone for the rest of the year for us. This is where we get these ideas. This is where we get this, this tape measure goal that we want to end up at at the end of the year. So if we're going to be there at the end of the year, we need steps along the way to get there. And what we're going to look at Jesus doing here, these are four instances that are leading to something much bigger, but they're four instances that give us a picture of what life with Jesus is like. The day that we're looking at here isn't the end all be all day of Jesus in a relationship with him. That day happens uh, at the cross where Jesus lays down his life for you and for me. And then three days later, Jesus is risen from the dead. 
and walks out of his own grave by the power of God, thus creating a way for us to have a relationship with God. That's the day that matters. Today is us taking advantage, us grabbing hold of the new life that Jesus has, where, where he says, if I say you're forgiven, you are forgiven. If he says that we're cleansed, if we say that we have been healed, all these things. Uh, and then us beginning to walk out what Jesus does in us. And so again, we are Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 22. Uh, and we're going to look at a different stories. We're going to look at a bunch of crazy things that God does uh, and ways that he displays his power. And as we look at these things, because it's God, because he's perfect, because all these things from him are amazing. This isn't just him flexing. This isn't just him doing parlor tricks. This isn't just him saying, hey, look at this. But it's saying it's his way of pouring out a demonstration of love that's focused on you and me. That we look at these stories, we look at what God wants to do in this and through these goals that we're going to set for the year. And they're not just us getting better. It's just saying, God, in your incredible love, in your incredible power, how are those two things going to come together in this area of my life, which you know so well? And it's good that he knows us because some of it, good that he knows these areas because some of them are messy. And that's where we start off. The first place where we want to see God's power, the first place we want to see his love focused, zoomed in, pointed on in us is the storms around us. There's the storms around us. So Luke 8, 22, one day Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross over to the other side of the lake. So they got in the boat where they were at and they started out. And as they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on the lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. Then the disciples went and woke him shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves and suddenly the storm stopped and all was calm. And he asked them, where's your faith? The disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. So I love it right there that, that these are professional fishermen that are on the boat with Jesus. And if they're freaking out, you know that it's a big deal. It's kind of like the bomb squad. If you see the bomb squad ever anywhere and they're normal, it's like it's good. If they're sweating, if they're yelling, if things are going crazy with them, you know, get out of town as fast as possible. And in this case, it's professional fishermen. It's people who grew up on this lake who think we're going to die. They're waking Jesus from a nap. Like if there's anyone who can mess up your life, if you wake them from a nap, it could be Jesus, right? He could turn you into a pig and just like snap and do it. And so you really want to wake him from a nap. Yes, you want to wake him from a nap when it's a big storm. And in looking at this, I think we've got two areas of storms in our life and they're on the paper. Uh, the first one of those is family life. That could come in a number of ways, but family life is an area where there can be storms in our life, and the other is work life. Like we're there Monday through Friday, eight to five, or, or different schedules depending on what your job is, and neither of those things like we can get away from. We have to work. We have family. We can't just quit and move to an island. Like we, we've got to invest here, and my challenge to all of us is don't resign. Don't think that just the way that things are, the way that things are always going to be. Because we worship a God who's bigger than that. We worship a God who gets inside of us and pulls us through storms in a way that changes everything. And he doesn't do that. He doesn't say that to minimize the size of our storms. He doesn't do it to minimize the size of our storms. Because some of us have huge storms. Kevin Hart, he's a big man in comedy. 
He's got his Netflix special. He's got BET show awards and stuff like that. He's got People Choice Awards. He's got Teen Choice Awards. In my opinion, those should be the same because teens are people. Like, that's good. Uh, he's a huge deal. But when you take Kevin Hart out of the comedy world and you put him in the basketball world, all of a sudden, Kevin Hart's not that big anymore. He's really small. For all of us, we've got big problems. We don't want to live in the world where our problems are just huge. We want to bring our problems into the God world. Put him next to a seven-footer, maybe under a seven-footer, and all of a sudden, our problems don't look so big anymore. Our problems look humorously small next to the power, the love, the mercy, the compassion of God to walk us through, to sit on our problems and say, that's my problem now. I'm going to solve it. I'm going to lead you through it. So we got problems that we want God to solve, storms we want God to solve in our home life and in our work life. One storm that comes up around home life anytime we talk about this, anytime we talk about following Jesus uh, as specifically a husband and a wife is the whole storm of, well, we live together now, we're not married, and you know, I can't move out because that's going to cause storms. I'm telling you as your pastor, if you're married, if you're not married, you're living together as a man and a woman, uh, the storm that I want you to face this year is I want you, the man, I want you to move out. And I want you two to get married, and then you can come back in and you can move in. If you've got questions for me about how that's going to happen, find me afterwards. Uh, but this is a storm where we want Jesus in our boat. We want to do things the way that he's created us to. And that means that that sexual relationship happens within marriage. We can talk a whole lot more about that. But I'm deciding for you, if this, this is one of your storms this year, uh, that if you're living together and you're not married, the storm I want you to face is marriage. Well, you don't understand, like, he's crazy, and we have a lot of things to work out before we get married. Yes, every couple who gets married has a lot of things to work out before they get married, uh, but this is a storm that I want to see you win, and this is a storm I want to see you walk faithfully for, uh, and as we do this, we're inviting God into our boat because we're saying, I'm abandoning what's easy. I'm abandoning uh, what I've gotten used to in the world that I have made work, and I'm trusting you in my storm. And that's a prayer that God answers. I'm saying this knowing that it's a big storm and that you've probably got lots of reasons why it's not going to work for you. But we're inviting Jesus into our boat in this to do things his way, to calm the storm that we can't storm. So uh, the calm the storm that we can't calm. That's the first place. The second place, we've got the storms around us. Then we've got the storms in us. Another big story, great evidence of Jesus loving people. Very next verse. So they arrived in the regions of the Gerizines across the lake from Galilee. As Jesus was climbing out of the boat, a man who was possessed by demons came out to meet him. For a long time, he had been homeless and naked, living in a cemetery across the town. And as soon as he saw Jesus, he shrieked and fell down in front of him. And then he screamed, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Please, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already commanded the evil spirit to come out of him. The spirit had often taken control of the man. And when he was placed... Even when he was placed under guard and put in chains and shackles, he simply broke them and rushed out into the wilderness completely under the demon's power. Jesus demanded, what's your name? Legion, he replied, for he was filled with many demons. And the demons kept begging Jesus not to send him into the bottomless pit. This happened, there happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby, and the demons begged him to let them enter the pigs. So Jesus gave them permission. Then the demons came out of the man and entered the pigs, and the entire herd plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and, and drowned. 
When the herdsmen saw it, they fled to the nearby town and the surrounding countryside, spreading the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened, and a crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been freed from the demon. He was sitting at Jesus' feet, fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they were all afraid. Then those who had seen what had happened told the others how the demon-possessed man had been healed. And all the people in the region of the Gerasenes begged Jesus to go away and leave them alone, for a great wave of fear swept over them. So Jesus returned to the boat and left, crossing back to the other side of the lake. And the man who had been freed from the demons begged to go with him. But Jesus sent him home saying, get this, now go back to your family and tell them everything that God has done for you. So he went all through the town proclaiming the great things that Jesus had done for him. I love this story because there's one reason why Jesus crosses the lake and it's not to scare the life out of his followers. It's because there's somebody there who needs freedom from sin. There's somebody who needs freedom from a demon, from a legion of demons that's holding them hostage. And that part right there is everything that motivates Jesus to go. This year, we've got storms within us that we want to see Jesus win. We've got storms inside of us that we want to see Jesus take over and make peaceful. That's what this guy experienced. We talk about repentance, and it's this idea of turning around and walking away from sin. And it's like we're taking off a dirty shirt, and we're putting on a new shirt. And this guy, he's in a unique situation because everything is taken off. Like, he's running around butt naked. And he's got this whole picture, disturbing picture of there is nothing good on this guy. Everyone can see how crazy, how looped out, how like unpeople friendly this guy is. And the thing that I love, the thing that I want us to get this morning is that Jesus gets out of the boat and walks right to him. There's no flinching. There's no Jesus asked somebody else to go and he went 0 for 12. None of the disciples would go. So Jesus is like, all right, I guess I'll take it. Jesus gets out and he walks right at him. Uh, One of my goals this year is around running. Uh, So I was running yesterday with Micah uh, because he used to come with me all the time on stroller runs when he was like 30 pounds. And he just kind of sit in the stroller and I'd push him and we would run around our house and stuff like that. Kind of like the little baby in Mandalorian, all right? But he didn't have the huge ears. He's got normal ears. uh, And the thing didn't float like I had to push it and stuff. It would have been nice if it floated like in Mandalorian, but oh well. Um, So when he was 30 pounds, it was no problem. When he's 50 now, uh, he asked me yesterday, as he asked me like every day during break, and finally I said, yes, fine. Get your big head and the rest of you in the stroller. Let's go. Uh, And and so I'm pushing this ginormous individual uh, in the stroller ahead of me. And at one point, we have to like go around a gate that I used to be able to just pick the stroller up and just put it down on their side. But we prayed that God would grow him and prayer works. Um, So we get to the end. You know, sometimes after you've been working out, and if you've never experienced this, that means you should work out this year. Uh, But when you spit, it doesn't always leave perfectly. Sometimes it sticks around and drips straight down. And it went on his back. (laughs) Here's the good thing, okay? My daughters were a mile and a half away at home. Like, they would still be crying. They would have taken five showers to make sure that it's all out. And with Micah, my son, I didn't even tell him. Like, he wouldn't care. He's like, all right, let's keep running. He's back in the stroller. Old man, take me home. It's cold. It's the same attitude that Jesus has. He's not worried about what's happening behind him. He's not worried about the situation that he's walking into. He said, I'm going because there are people who need healing. And for us in our lives, 
We've got areas where we need healing. And the best part about Jesus is what he does to this guy in two forms. The first thing is he takes away his sin. He gives him freedom from the demons. He gives him freedom from the curses that the town had put on him. Because in that day, there were so many things in this instance that the guy was doing wrong. And Jesus wiped away all of them. This year, I want to see us overcome addiction. I want to see us overcome selfishness. I want to see us overcome fear. If you're looking for a practical, programmatic place to do that, come to Regen on Tuesday nights at 6.30 at our Ashland and Fowler campus. I'm there. There's a handful of other people who I'm not going to name that you will recognize from this place at that place because we all have storms within us that we don't want to keep. We've got stuff that we want to lose things that we want Jesus to remove from our lives. And one thing that happens there, one thing that happens at this church is the second thing that the guy experiences. He experiences freedom from sin, and then he also experiences family. He experiences community. Jesus could have done one, he could have done three things in this, okay? One is he could have healed the guys from his, healed them from his demons and cast them all out, and he just left them alone saying you've already had your mark. Everybody already knows you as that crazy guy who will not wear clothes and will not do what he's supposed to do. You need to stay outside of society, stay outside of community forever because that's who you are and you're gross. Or he could have said, all right, you need people around you. You need somebody to love you. So you and all your insanity and all your inappropriateness, go hang around people because you need to be around community. You need good people in your life to encourage you. Jesus didn't do any of those things. He did both. He said, I'm going to free you from your sin. I'm going to take away your addictions, your selfishness, your fears, the storms that live inside of you. Those are going to be gone. And then I'm going to attach you to people. You get freedom and you get family. You get community and you get forgiveness of sin. Both of those things together. That's one of the reasons why I love being part of Region is because it's people like me who are done pretending that we follow Jesus because God is excited to have us on his team. We follow Jesus because our storms have been won by our Savior who laid down his life to pay for the forgiveness, to pay for the sin that we put on him. And now we get to follow him. In obedience, we get to follow him in joy, knowing that we could never pay for our own salvation. We could never calm our own storm, but Jesus does that for us. So the storms around us, there's storms within us, and then there's miracles. There are things that we want Jesus to do that we can't fix on our own. It's not a matter of us walking through a program or making a plan. It's the bigger things. Very next verse, on the other side of the lake, the crowds welcomed Jesus because they had been waiting for him. Then a man named Jairus, a leader of the local synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come home with him. His only daughter, who was about 12 years old, was dying. As Jesus went with him, he was surrounded by the crowds. A woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding, and she could find no cure. Coming up behind Jesus, she touched the fringe of his robe, and immediately the bleeding stopped. Who touched me, Jesus asked. Everyone denied it, and Peter said, Master, this whole crowd is pressing up against you, but Jesus said, Someone deliberately touched me, for I felt healing power go out from me. When the woman realized that she could not stay hidden, she began to tremble, and she fell, down, and she fell to her knees in front of him. The whole crowd heard her explain why she had touched him and that she had been immediately healed. Daughter, he said to her, Your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. I love it that the, there are things in our life that we pray for to happen miraculously and instantly. 
And sometimes they happen. That's why we have healing services. We believe that as people limp up to the front, they're going to run back because God's power that does the miraculous healings that we read about still happens. That's why we ask. And in the asking, there's always the moment of, okay, I got to step farther. I got to move beyond, gradually move beyond where I am. And if we're asking for miracles in the life of people who don't yet know Jesus, we're asking for miracles in our own life around relationships, around our physical body, around our financial health. It's going to be a series of us taking steps towards Jesus. Luke, the guy who's writing this, he's a doctor. He cares about details. He says that as the woman was gradually coming up behind Jesus, gradually that means she's taking one step. Oh, this is way too close. I can't be around people like this. She's taking another step. This is too close. I can't do this. Okay, I'm good with this now. I'm going to take another step. She takes another step, continuing to gradually find her way to Jesus to the point where she can't stay hidden any longer. She's experiencing a miracle in this. And so we ask in two ways. We ask for God to do miracles around our finances, around our emotions and unforgiveness and stuff like that. We ask God to do miracles in our physical body, and then we take steps. We do both. We wait for God's miraculous healing, and we also use the willpower and the understanding about things that God has given us to see a miracle happen. And with this stuff, it's kind of like an oxygen mask, all right? You, do your, you take care of your own, and then you help for those around you. So there are people that all of us know who don't want to become Christians this year. People around us that we know that we've invited to stuff here at church who have said no every single time. Or maybe they came once and they're like, okay, I'm done. I did what you wanted me to do. And this year, we're going to continue to pray that they become Christians, that our sons and daughters and moms and dads and sisters and brothers are going to walk back to Jesus, that the God who created them and loved them is going to experience a relationship with them because the things that we can't make happen, God can. And so we're asking for miracles this year. And we're doing that because we get to care about the walking dead. This woman in the story, she's got no one to care for her. She's got no money left. She's basically waiting to die. But Jesus cared about her. For us, we look at people who don't yet know Jesus, not as the enemy, not as the them, not as the why don't they get it right. Why don't they do things the way that we do it? We view them as receptacles, as, as, as embodiments, as displays of God's love and affection and mercy on their life. And we want them to experience the life that Jesus has for them. And so we're going to pray for that this year and continue to pray for it and continue to expect it, that God's going to bring spiritually hungry people here to find him and have everything changed. And the last thing is new life in Jesus. The last area where we see God work is new life in Jesus. While he was still speaking to her, a messenger arrived from the home of Jairus, the leader of the synagogue. He told him, your daughter is dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now. But when Jesus heard what had happened, he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. Just have faith and she will be healed. When they arrived at the house, Jesus wouldn't let anyone go in with them except Peter, James, and John, and the little girl's father and mother. The house was filled with people weeping and wailing, but she said, stop the weeping. She isn't dead. She's only asleep. But the crowd laughed at him because they all knew that she had died. And then Jesus took her by the hand and said in a loud voice, My child, get up. And at that moment, her life returned and she immediately stood up. And then Jesus told them to give her something to eat. Her parents were overwhelmed, but Jesus insisted that they not tell anyone what had happened. And the girl got her life back. 
I think this is like a perfect picture for all of us who have ever wanted to restart something. She's coming back from the dead. She has her chance to restart. And for us, we got 360 days or 61 days ahead of us. And I want us as a church to grow in our intimacy with Jesus. I want us to grow in the love that he has for us. I want us to take new risks. So the first thing is ask Jesus, okay, what do you want me to do this year? Maybe it's go on a mission trip like what Pastor Greg talked about. Maybe it's join a life group and learn that everybody else is just as weird as you are and learn about God at the same time because both those things happen in life groups. Maybe another thing is get baptized. So if you're, a junior, if you're out of junior high, you're a follower of Jesus, we would love to have you baptized. We had three baptisms last year and all of them were awesome. I'd love to like triple that and then put a zero on it this year, uh, which would be a lot of hot water, but nobody ever complains about hot water. I wanna see us grow in that this year. If you're thinking I would be terrified to stand up in front of church and tell them my story about how God moved in, we're asking the God who calms the storms inside of us and around us and brings new life to do that in us this year. We're bringing Jesus into it. Prayer is another area where I want us to grow. And Pastor Greg talked about this on news. This is our reset book. Uh, I've test drove it in November. It's uh, like two pages a day for 20 days, uh, pushing us toward prayer. And if you're like, well, I don't pray at all. Perfect. This is great because you're a blank slate. And this is going to be a really, really good thing uh, to lead us practically and doably. That's now a word uh, in prayer. You can pick one up as you head out. They're totally free because we love you and we want you to experience Jesus's love too. Another area where we want to experience new life is, is around the family of God. You know, committing to be here and to serve in the areas where Jesus has gifted you. But these are all areas of life where Jesus wants to remind us of the fact that he rose from the dead. And as he walked into his new life, that he has new life for us also. The beginning of the calendar year is an awesome reminder of that, that last year is done, gone. For all of us who are gonna write the date at any point, we're, we've got like a few week window to write the month, the day, and then put a one, that, nope, that one is now a two, uh, and then a zero for that. This is our opportunity to be reminded of the new life that Jesus has for us.